Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast. Some people call it the best Sacramento Kings and NBA podcast in all the universe. Some people might be just me. I'm Deuce Mason alongside Morgan Reagan, and we appreciate you following us all off season long. And a quick reminder for those who have not done it yet, please help us grow. You could do it by right now. If you're listening to us, go to the Spotify app, give us a five-star review or do the same thing in the Apple podcast store. And we want to make sure you check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Deuce and Mo. We are dropping new content every single day. So thank you so much for the support. So we just watched the EuroLeague championship game, a heartbreaking loss for Olympiacos. Real Madrid wins it late. Olympiacos fell apart. And for Sasha Vazenkov, 29 points, nine rebounds, four assists. He did it on 11 of 21 shooting, including two of eight from three, those two in the fourth quarter, in what could be his final EuroLeague game. First of all, what do you think of that game? That was so fun. Oh. It was so fun. I, you know, Deuce and I, we claim to be EuroLeague casuals, right? Yes, so, 100%. Well, we just started wa- watching full games, obviously, because of Sasha Vazenkov, but watching this championship game and just seeing the way that it went back and forth and right there at the end how anything can happen it was it was a wild finish um a tough finish for olympiacos but at the same time a lot of late game mistakes by them i'm looking at their team and i'm going the ball needs to be with Sasha Vizenkov. And that's great for us who cover the Sacramento Kings are here in Sacramento. And when you look at Sasha and what he could be with Sacramento in this roster, it gets you a little excited. So what jumped out to you specifically about his game today? What did you like? What did you see from him? Well, I didn't, I mean, we saw him miss a a lot of his open threes to start the game. And, you know, I think sometimes people get so worried, like, oh, he can't even make a shot. It's one game. And he kept shooting and then things started falling. But when things weren't falling, I love the way that he made adjustments with the way that he would go to the basket. Um, He would shoot a mid-range shot. He moves without the basketball. That is one of my favorite things he does on offense. Uh, his timing and understanding of that, but also his playmaking ability. I love how he makes quick, fast decisions. He's really good at finishing around the basket, too. Drawing some contact. Yep. He did well rebounding in this game A today. Bigger guy. Yeah. I, I, obviously, we really like what we see. It's interesting trying to figure out, will he end up coming over to the Sacramento Kings? The Kings have his rights. I'm reading some of our YouTube comments. we got Olympiacos fans in our YouTube comments, and a couple of them are like, he's not going to come over there. Why would he make the jump to be a role player in the NBA? It's all a fair question. We don't know him at all. No. We're going by some of the reports out there and just assuming that maybe he'd want a new challenge. Why do you think it would make sense for Sasha to make the leap from being 
a EuroLeague MVP on a really good team to come over to the NBA and play with the Kings? I, I guess from my perspective, my point yeah. of view, it would be like, look, you pretty much accomplished it all. The only thing you didn't get in this season was that championship. Mm -hmm. You know, you're runner up, but you were the MVP. Um, you did so much to improve your game as well. And I think when you look at the NBA, it is the best league in the world. And everyone wants to get their touch there, right? And if you're going to go over to the league, to the NBA, when you are one of the best players in this league, it has to make sense. And right now with the Sacramento Kings, I think it makes more sense than ever. Uh, this is a team that proved that they can win basketball games. This is a team that proved that they can, that they have like created a culture and can set a standard. Uh, and the system completely seems like it makes sense for the way he plays on both ends of the floor. Not the best defender in the world, but also whenever people say that, it's not like he's terrible. He's a smart player. He understands where he needs to be. And you put him in that system, a Mike Brown defensive system, I just have more faith in what he can accomplish. Yeah, he would need to be a good team defender for the Kings, right? Yes. Like, that's the thing. He may have some trouble. There's some matchups that won't be good for him at the next level. I think for him, obviously, look, this is a deeply personal decision, too. We keep talking about the challenge of, hey, maybe you want to come over and play in the best league in the world. But it's also, hey, do you want to uproot family or whatever and come to the United States yeah. and move to the West Coast and play for the Sacramento Kings? That's a tough thing to ask. So it's, right? a it's, lot it's, to it's There's ask. a lot to consider there. So. I'm sure he's going to think long and hard about this, but the Kings want him. And like you said, I just feel like he is a perfect fit for the style of the play. I mean, the, the off-ball movement, yep. the passing, the shooting. You go, he's tailor-made for this offense, and I think he would like playing with this offense, most importantly, playing with a big like Sabonis with shooting around. Well, <sighs> and something else that we were talking about while we were watching that last game was that, hey, the court is smaller in your yeah. league, so you have that bigger court in the NBA, which just means more spacing for him to create, to shoot, and do whatever he needs to do. Would the pace be an adjustment for him, you yes. think? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. huge adjustment. I mean, you see... Uh, in this game that we just watched, he only sat 25 seconds. These quarters are 10-minute quarters, so yeah. it's a 40-minute game. And you can tell that there are times when guys are still getting tired in those shorter games because the pace isn't pushed. It's all about that half-court offense. Guys are really setting each other up, moving the ball around well. So he's got that down. But yes, the adjustment to get in that NBA-ready shape, but that goes for anyone, even if a rookie's coming into the league, whoever's coming into the league that hasn't experienced before. I do want to end with a message to Olympiacos fans. Oh, what? I enjoyed watching your team the last couple of games. Yeah. And I feel really bad that you lost this championship game. Really yeah, bad. And it was a joy to just watch the style play. It sucks that you lost. And also, I, I feel like they may get offended that we want Sasha to, like, we're stealing him. Look, if he wants to come over, we're going to welcome him because we think he can help the team. He's a really great player. And I think he's going to go down as an Olympiacos legend. Thank you for getting him ready, possibly for the NBA. But either way, thank you for just being awesome. And it was so fun even watching your energy out there while you guys watch the fan or watch the games. Can we hop on your bandwagon is the question. That's really what we're asking. Yeah, I think we'll be rooting for you guys next year. So this postseason is weird. Yes. Beyond weird at this point. We are faced with the prospects of both the West and East being sweeps in the conference finals for the first time in NBA history as Miami took a 3-0 lead. 
Miami took a 3-0 lead on Boston and dominated them. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's all really surprising. I think even when you look at both series right now and just how weird it is. I know there's weirdness in the postseason always in the NBA, but I think it's because of the teams that are involved that were a little bit more like, oh, was not expecting this, was not expecting Miami to just (laughs) dominate them. Dominate. The Boston Celtics. I mean, so much so where they waved the white flag in the fourth quarter. Missoula. Start the fourth quarter. These guys are out. Yep. That was pretty shocking. Did you think it was too early? I I did. I did because I think with this, it's it's not obviously it's not win or go home in this game, but it's win or go home in this series. You know, your season's over if you don't win. And I just feel like they're. They could have just left it all on the floor. It didn't seem like they had anything left in them. They they felt it looked like they were deflated. The body language, the fight wasn't there. But in some ways, if I was coaching, I'd be like, no, you keep your ass out yeah. there and you figure it your shit out. No, and I think that's kind of the way to go. And I mean, look, were they gonna come back and win the game? No, no. it would have been one of the greatest playoff comebacks in history. It wasn't going to happen. Sure. But I don't know. Does Tatum knock down some shots? And maybe get his confidence back up. Find a Here's way a fight. stat of the night. Yeah. Gabe Vincent had 29 points. Tatum and Brown combined for 26. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, that, I mean, that hurts. And I think sometimes people will say things like, you can let Jimmy beat you, but you don't want the other guys to beat you. The other guys on this Miami Heat roster... They might be role players in this league, but that's how this team is so good because everyone understands their roles and everyone steps up in their roles. And every single guy, once again, I feel like that's been the story of this series for the Miami Heat. It's a team effort. These are team wins. Well, it's pretty crazy that two of the teams who move the ball well, Miami and Denver, look ah. like they're on a path to the NBA Finals at this point to match up with against match up against each other. I, I thought the ball movement was great. And... It's just so weird to me that Boston, who was one of the best defensive teams in the NBA this year, can't stop the ball. They can't stop penetration. And Miami was doing such a great job. And you talk about quitting the play. I I actually starred and circled a play that jumped out to me. How does this happen? This is during this whole sequence where they're getting their asses kicked now. Tatum misses a three. They're already down big. It's 83-56. Tatum misses a three. And then somehow Zeller looks like prime Amari Stoudemire running to the rim for an easy score. Morgan. Be nice. That can't happen. Yeah, I know. And it it, it felt like it happened too early, right? These moments happened too early. Uh, Being deflated, the body language was all too um negative too early and you talk about the celtics and their defense throughout the season how many times were we going to see jimmy butler get his they would switch they'd get Derek white on him it didn't matter who it was on jimmy jimmy would just start going and he'd create but then it wasn't only jimmy butler because they started throwing that double at him and that worked at the end of the first half a little bit right it worked it did work it worked like two to three different possessions right where they're like oh can you get in jimmy's can you rattle jimmy can you like um disrupt his game a little bit more and that wasn't the case because everyone else on this squad was not only willing 
to take a good shot, but they were willing to make the right play. Duncan Robinson also had some nice takes yes, to the dude. basket. He had the oop to Bam out of bio, and Bam also was just there for his guys, ready for those alley oops. It was the Celtics defense was was just breaking apart little by little throughout this entire game. It didn't matter what they were throwing at the Heat. And you talk about guys just being ready for the moment. Can we talk about the guy you just mentioned, Duncan Robinson, who <laughs> yeah. this year played in 42 games? He played 16 minutes a night, and now he's getting the responsibility here in the playoffs to get some minutes. This is a guy that had a monster stretch, got that big contract, and then kind of fell out of the rotation on a consistent basis oh, for the yeah. Miami Heat. Here he is in the playoffs. He had 22 tonight, and in that second quarter... I mean, he's breaking down Grant Williams, getting to the basket, throwing lobs he to looked, Bam out of bio. He looked confident, right? And then, of course, when he's knocking down threes, he's got it all going. He was 5 of 7 from downtown. Dude, these guys knocking down their threes, especially early, it, it seemed like that got in the Celtics' head. Like, just not a strong mental game from the Boston Celtics. And two, I just really want to mention uh, really quick, Kevin Love. First five minutes in the game, you see him just kind of tighten up, and he's like, what happened? Looks like he did something to his back, but then it ended up being something with the ankle. Yeah. So um, with him being out, I was just like, okay, how are the Celtics even going to capitalize on this? It didn't matter. So, yeah, Miami Heat, great team win. Caleb Martin, another big game from him, 18 points off the bench. I mean, truly, truly incredible, but the Boston Celtics, they look like dog shit. Well, they did. Let's play a game. If if I would have told you, if I would have told you that the leading scores from Miami in this game, oh. if I just said, "Hey, the leading scores tonight in this game," I'm not gonna tell you the result. Yeah, the leading scores are Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, and Caleb Martin. Your response is, "Oh, it must have been a blowout." Yeah, I mean, and the maybe, Celtics I would, won. I would just been like, "Oh man, the Celtics." If yeah. Jimmy wasn't their leading scorer. They Celtics just had might have won. tremendous balance. You had one, two, three, four, four of the five stars in double figures. So you had six guys in double figures. Butler gave you 16 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Bam, a quiet 13, but I felt like his 13 carried some weight. Huge impact. Like some he, big time jam, some energy He plays. was that energy yeah. guy at times. And that really deflated the Boston Celtics. And, and going to their side, you know, they put Derek White in the starting lineup, right? And we thought, okay, maybe, you know, go a little small ball at them. It might, you might be able to switch on Jimmy, uh, get some <laughs> extra shots up, whatever. I feel dumb for saying that because Jimmy Butler was it like, yeah, that's matter. cute, Derek White. It that's didn't cute. Matter. And then Robert Williams comes off the bench and he is just in foul trouble so quick that one minute later he's back on the bench it just seemed like nobody wanted to necessarily be out there you already mentioned jason tatum jalen brown what they finished with 14 points for tatum 12 for brown and i know they didn't play the fourth quarter but that does i mean those no, numbers no, that you see they just, they were not up to this challenge. They did not look mentally ready. They did not look mentally tough. They had six turnovers combined, too. And that was a killer. Boston ends up with 15 turnovers in this game, and that hurt. And they got their asses kicked in every single way imagined tonight. It was in transition, getting blown by. They didn't have an answer for anyone. And I just, I love Miami's willingness to just move the ball. I mean, there is one play I wrote down that really impressed me where they're in transition. 
I think it was Bam with the block. Jimmy's pushing, gives it to Gabe Vincent, who had a good look from the corner, maybe a little bit of a closeout. He decides to drive, kick it out for a three. It was Duncan Robinson. It's and it was always just like, the best shot. Boom. It's yes. not the first shot. It's always the best shot. Like they they want to share with one another, but it, you never feel like they're oversharing. You never feel like, oh, they should have taken that. I mean, sure, there's going to be some of those moments, but for the most part, they're making the right decision, getting everyone involved. And what that does, too, by the way, getting everyone involved, it just it creates this sense of like, I matter on the floor, even if you're Duncan Robinson, even if you're another guy, because you're working your ass off on the defensive end. And if you don't get a touch on that offensive end, sometimes it can just, it can be deflating for you, you know? And when you get that touch, and especially when you get things going and the ball is being shared, uh, magical things happen. And that's what's, what was happening for the Heat. But, um, but the Celtics, I, I mean, I say that's what was happening for the Heat, but the Celtics just, they did not look ready for this game and i'm not just talking about this roster joe missoula one of those guys too that just seemed like he didn't know what he wanted to do specifically with these rotations he was searching times. he was searching and and like there's going to be everyone in boston um asking for him to be fired already because that's his roller coaster ride of being the boston celtics coach but i'm just like yo if i'm that organization i'm so happy that my first year head coach gets to experience the Eastern Conference Finals because then you get to learn at such a high level of what mistakes you can't make in yeah. a postseason. Look, his seat's going to be hot. And whether you like By to or not... who? National, na the narrative, Morgan, I mean, this, being in Boston. Okay, I, 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 it's very cute. And this, if this was like the Kings in their first year in the Western Conference Finals, and, oh, they lost... Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together there's all these different papers there's all these different forms what do you do you listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast yeah because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business how about for some time off after an nba season even that sounds amazing so you know what you need to do listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app future you will thank you this team is supposed to win a championship. This team was in the finals last year. Yeah, and but this team also had a mix-up in the beginning of the season, I, I, and then they had an interim head coach for the entire I season until they gave him but an extension. But you can understand why, why there would be noise. Sure. There's a disconnect, the and they're the getting noise. their asses kicked. The noise is going to be there no matter what, and especially when it's in a market like Boston. Now, the other thing I would say to this, I mean, they just gave the guy an extension, like you said. At one point this season, they were talking about him as a candidate for coach of the year. Right. But... We've seen one lately in this league, things can change fast yeah. and there's championship pressure. You don't know what's going to transform, uh, transpire, but I'm going to tell you right now, the number one thing that they have to do if Missoula's back is get him some, uh, experience on that bench next Ooh, to him better coaching yeah. staff i mean it's just a lot of young guys and they lost Don Damon Stoudemire in the middle of the year. Yep. So that was a loss. I mean, look, when your coach gets let go or whatever, they pushed out, you Udoka the day before training camp right. you're working on the fly a little bit here but yeah this has not been a good 
run here for Missoula in the conference finals. It's not a good run for Tatum or Brown either. No. Like you can point at the coaches, but I don't know. I just we've we've had moments doing these recaps where we're talking about Tatum. Like, oh man, that that guy was a star, and you were like, yeah, it's humbly just, one of the best players out there. It, yes, it, and he, from a talent perspective, absolutely. But I, I guess from a mentality perspective tonight, I was just so disappointed. This is supposed to be a desperate game for the Celtics. And you didn't you, feel that. You did, And now you're down 3-0. Yeah. And, I mean, what do you do now? What do you do? Well, you fight, crawl, scratch, do what you got to do to try and stay in this one. Um, try and get four straight wins. <laughs> Miami's not losing. You think Jimmy Butler's going to lose four straight? I'm just saying. Udonis has him come off the bench care. and kill somebody. I don't care what the Heat need to yeah, do. Yeah. If you're Jason Tatum, that's just your mentality. Like, what do we need to do? I mean, what can I do? You just looked at the way Miami played tonight. Like, they're not losing this series. No, now. I mean, all their all of their guys are playing with that same confidence that Jimmy Butler has. I know. Jimmy Butler at setting one point the tone drops to his knee and does the timeout thing yeah. like Horford. One other thing I wanted to bring up about this series that's been really surprising has been the three point shooting. Boston again. I wanted to mention that. Terrible three-point shooting. They were 11 of 42. And then you had Miami, who is 19 of 35 from three. And it's not just hot shoot. Like, Miami's getting great looks. The difference, I felt like Boston, for great portions of this game, they weren't getting good looks. They weren't creating. They weren't getting those paint touches. I know it's annoying to say, but that's today's league. You got to get some paint touches, collapse the defense, get the ball moving around. Instead, no one's breaking down their guy. You're Mm -mm. settling one pass or no pass and three. It's not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done when Brown's 0 for 7 from three. Tatum's 1 for 7. Brogdon's coming off the bench going 0 for 6. 0 for 6 overall. I mean, just brutal numbers, brutal numbers. And now Boston, who was close to winning a championship last year, is on the cusp of getting swept by an eight seed. And even if you want to say they're not your typical eight seed, I, I don't care. You're getting bullied in this series. And that's where you got to get a lot of love to Miami. I hope we did a good job on this, just giving Miami some love. Because what can you say about all these guys undrafted it's the same stuff they talk about in the broadcast but we're partial to Gabe Vincent we called his games when he was with the Stockton Kings in the G League and we saw him grind out his first year where he's hurt and like you didn't know like when we were watching you didn't know but there was a game a playoff game I'll never forget and I posted a highlight about this it was Stockton against the Memphis Hustle single elimination Stockton lost the game but Gabe Vincent was the guy that got him back in the game and he was in big shot after big shot after big shot and you felt like I wonder if this is a turning point for him. The next year, he comes out of the gate, one of the best players in the G League, Sioux Falls Sky Force, Miami. He go, hey, let's sign him to a two-way contract, put, bring him to our team. And since then, he's been there. And it's just amazing. We're sitting there watching Gabe Vincent lead Miami in scoring, watching Caleb Martin who yep. with the University of Nevada, Reno, come in and have a major impact in the Western Conference Finals. It's These are the stories that should be celebrated. I know tomorrow in the conversation, it'll be so much about what the Celtics didn't do. Right. It's going to be so much about, oh, this guy, Missoula, Tatum, Brown. But it's also, 
let's talk about what Miami is doing. Yep. And they're doing it because they've got selfless guys who bust their ass. They play both ends of the uh, both ends of the ball. They're just amazing. The way they develop guys, they way the way that they set a standard, and it's like, yeah, Gabe Vincent is now starting on a team in Duncan the Robinson. Eastern Conference Finals. Duncan we call Robinson, one of his G League games. another guy, G Leaguer, and I mean, we obviously know what he's been capable, but he's seen yep. his ups and downs, and then to be able to do this off the bench, twenty two points in an Eastern Conference Finals game. Um, again, those are the fun stories to be celebrated. Yep. And no matter how what people feel about certain teams and what they want to see in an NBA Finals, oh. I'm down for two teams that know how to pass the damn ball and utilize every member on that squad. I, You're I, telling me it would not be fascinating to see Bam go head-to-head -head with Jokic? Do it. Who's guarding Jimmy Butler? Please. Jamal Murray? <laughs> are we previewing the NBA Finals so. now? <laughs> The Denver Nuggets take a 3-0 series lead on the L.A. Lakers headed into game four coming up on Monday night. And Morgan, down the stretch of this game. This was one of those games where you learn about a team. Murray got hot in the first half. Then they were all over him to start that third quarter. Yeah. Jokic got off to a really slow start. Through three quarters, he had nine points. He was in foul trouble. 80s got it going. LeBron started knocking down a couple of threes, but the Nuggets come out on top. They come out on top and they finish just so strong. Dude. I think that that's what was so impressive about it was uh, the way once they built that lead and felt like the stronger team, they just kept going. And it was what's exciting to see is that, like you were saying, Jamal Murray. It was hard for him in the second half. The Lakers did a much better job locking him down. Um, Schroeder being on him. I mean, super tight. Well done. Good defense by him. But then Jokic appeared. You know, you didn't see him much because of his foul trouble in that first half. And a lot of his shots, they just weren't going in the way that they were coming off his hand. And the way that they went in that second half and the way that he got people involved, it just looked like yep. Denver Nuggets basketball. And that looked like championship basketball they look like the team yeah. that's going to advance and i they will advance duh breaking news at this hour but i think the other thing too that jumped out to me about tonight is i think michael bone's gonna be laughing a little bit is it's because so much was made of Rui in that matchup in game one and like oh made life a little more challenging slow start Jokic had 15 points in that fourth quarter mm. he had nine headed into it and he he didn't care he's like yeah give me the ball let's clear out give me the ball Rui's on me I don't care there was a stretch where the Lakers went super small Rui was at the five where I'm scratching my head at going how the hell is this even happening right now like Jokic just like kept attacking yeah. when AD wasn't in the yeah. middle he's like all right thanks everyone and then once AD was back in there they were still the matchup yep. and at that point Jokic was feeling it making the he had some unbelievable passes in this game and then the nuggets were making the extra pass right yeah. it wasn't that Jokic had 17 assists tonight his assist numbers were kind of low for Jokic. he had eight but <laughs> they had 30 as a team and they only had six turnovers in the game i mean we're watching a game where michael porter has six assists yeah bruce brown was big it was just really impressive to see them even though Jokic didn't have his crazy 50 20 10 game that he was so impactful, especially late. It, it looked like a team, uh, a team win, right? Total I, team I, win. I, and, and we've seen this Lakers half court defense 
show some dominance throughout, yeah. even throughout these losses, you know, where that's what a lot of people were talking about, especially after game one was, oh man, what adjustments are the Nuggets going to make after uh, this Lakers half court defense really slowed them down? If they're not pushing the pace, what are they going to do? They showed that they could do it all. It didn't matter who it was either, which was the exciting part. If you're the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray in that first half, just Morgan. dominated from the inside <laughs> all the way to the uh, outside. And then Jokic, like we said later on, but then Michael Porter Jr., huge game for him, 14 points, six assists, like you mentioned, but the 10 that was big. rebounds that was big. flying in there, grabbing those boards. I mean, getting those second chance opportunities, huge from him. Um, Bruce Brown, again, off the bench, big game for him, 15 points. These, this is what you want to see from the Denver Nuggets. Uh, just that, that team style of play where everyone is making an impact. You ran off a couple of guys. I want to mention Bruce Brown, cause you mentioned the 15 points. He also had five rebounds, five assists. Great. Wonderful. Off your bench playing and he, he closed tonight too. He yep. closed this game tonight. Um, Jamal Murray. Those 30 points he had in the first half, he ends up finishing with 37 points, seven rebounds, six assists, a couple of steals too. But more in that, they threw everybody on him. Mm -hmm. D'Angelo Russell, that's cute. Cooked. LeBron, didn't matter. Schroeder it, it, Schroeder, it didn't matter who they put on him. He was getting buckets in that first half. It, it's There's certain guys in the league who get hot. And you're like, he's never going to miss. He is in that category. Oh. It's like, you know, when Clay Thompson gets it going, yes. too, it's similar to me. And I love it because Michael Malone knows it. He mentioned it after last game. He's like, oh, once he gets going, that yeah. hoop is just a hula hoop for him. And it's so true. It's like, it's just muscle memory at that point. He can be anywhere on the floor, start knocking down his shots. And But here's the thing about that. When a player goes off like that, it's very deflating. And I think the Lakers did a good job of staying in this one until the end. It wasn't Jamal Murray going off, but it was just everybody adding in. Jeff Green, we talked about this while watching the way that he was defending AD. He made AD tired. He made, he made him work. AD work. Aaron Gordon did not play in the fourth quarter. Right. Jeff Green played mm -hmm. the entire fourth quarter. And there was like a key play late where he was just battling the hell out of AD. They were getting all tangled up. And then I think it was a Lakers miss going down the other way. AD was just an awful foul that already in the penalty. They were down 10 at the oh, time. Yeah, yeah. Game still kind of in reach. He, he did that at the half court line. It's like, what, yeah. are you, what are you doing? Yeah, it, was it was just those two plays. You're like, wow, did Jeff Green, this old man, I know. come in and he just battled his ass off and he hit a big three. That's the thing tonight. I felt like the other stepped up. It was the first half was a Murray show. The third quarter, Murray didn't make a shot. Jokic plays only four minutes and it was KCP with 12 points. Yeah. He kept them afloat too. So, the it, team shot 50% from the yeah. field and then it, it was 17 of 41 from three too. So it, it just felt like they were, down. they were moving the ball so well tonight. Mm -hmm. They weren't, they were passing up good shots for great shots. It was a picture perfect night for them moving the ball. And it was, it was fun to see. Now going to the Lakers side, if you see everything that they did from the starting lineup, putting, keeping Vanderbilt in there, Darvin Ham, he, he looks like, the less experienced coach right now. Although he has AD and LeBron James, LeBron James, 
chose to settle a lot in this game. And then he knocked down those back-to-back threes, and you're like, okay, maybe he can get his team back into it. But it was the shot selection. When you kind of set the tone with that, the team is going to follow. And I felt like the Lakers kind of followed that tone of, okay, we all don't have to be aggressive. But like we said, Vanderbilt in that starting lineup, I really think that was something that needed to be switched. That's the one that jumps out to me most at this point because – you can make the case, Russell, he wants to keep him in there to space the floor and he can get hot. Sure. And we, we've seen D'Lo get it going, even though def- defensively hasn't been good. Russell tonight, by the way, one of eight, finished with three points, and he played only 20 minutes. Right. So you can play him 20 minutes. Vanderbilt, you're only playing 13 minutes, and they are not defending him. It's becoming more apparent than ever that they're just shading off of him. Mm-hmm. There's no point to them to defending him. So why do you start him when Rui has been effective in this series? Rui Hachimura has had some really nice moments. It's not perfect, but he's a better option right now than Vanderbilt. And I guess you can keep rolling with Russell and maybe he gets hot in game four and keeps you alive. But I I think Schroeder has been very impactful just with his aggressive defense out there. Absolutely. At least trying to make life a little more challenging. But I I, I was just surprised that we didn't see a, a starting lineup change for them. And now they're down... 3-0. 3-0. And I, They're I mean, in desperate mode. Okay. I mean, weren't they already? It's, this was their night to win this game. Like, yeah. This was the game for them to win when Jokic is in foul trouble and they could not do it. And that's, they'll be kicking themselves for this one. And, hey, good luck trying to get back. And maybe they, they win and force a game five. But I just think the Nuggets are beyond locked in right now. And I'm happy for him. This group's been together for a minute, and then they add a couple of key pieces of KCP and Bruce Brown, and you could start seeing it really come together. Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm absolutely happy for them. I'd rather see, obviously, this is such a cliche thing to say, I'd rather see the better team in the finals. But when I say that, I think a lot of people would rather see the star players in the finals, and they think of AD and LeBron, and there's going to be so many people dramatic about this series for AD and LeBron, even like, oh, is he washed? It's his 20th season. Now he looks old. All these things. You guys, he's still, I mean, he's still playing at a high level. 23 points, um, seven rebounds, 12 assists. Yeah. It's not like he just oh. looks old as shit out there. It's just, there's, he, <laughs> look at the roster. Wait, look at everything. Do you hear Morgan's talking right what? now? She's, she's talking like we're doing a, season review on no, the no, Lakers no, no. right I now. I think it's everyone over. got way, yeah. way too excited. And I even... Well, they beat I the defending t- champs, and that's what did it for that, sure. Though, yeah. I thought at times, even when they made all their adjustments at the trade deadline, you know, everyone's talking about Rob Linka and, oh, could he be GM of the year because of all these adjustments? They definitely helped and worked, especially oh, yeah. that's what got took, them there. took a leap in their defense. You saw what it could do, but you could still feel like there was something missing with them. Well, it didn't feel like a championship team. Like when you watch the Denver Nuggets time, you're like, oh, that's a team that should be in the finals. Exactly. And LeBron's not healthy. You Mm-mm. see it there. AD not as effective down the stretch of this game either, as we mentioned. And yeah, I think they have some things to be excited about. But even, even Austin, Rui. Well, Austin Reeves is another guy oh, that yeah. like he kept them in it tonight playing aggressive. In fact, I think he should have had the ball more. Yeah. And I know it's crazy when you have LeBron and AD out there, but he gets to the free throw line. He gets calls. He's been knocking down shots. And it's crazy he only gets 10 shots tonight. So 
I, six for six at the free throw line, seven right. rebounds, yes. five assists. Dude. I mean, like you look down, he just does it all. And I love, and it's fun watching him play. We can all agree with that. I think when you just look at some of these guys on the Lakers, you're going like Vanderbilt, for example, like does, Oh, does he just need to be in a different role? Does he need to be yep. a role player, like a high level role player on this roster when LeBron James is still playing? I think that's, just the thing when you go down the list, but at the same time, um, yeah, they did a great, I'm acting like they lost. They did a great job <laughs> in this Western conference in this postseason. God, that's so bad. I shouldn't talk like that, but, but it feels that way, right? It definitely does. We got game four coming up Monday night. Appreciate you guys so much for hanging out with us. Make sure to like, subscribe, review, all those things. You guys are the best. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya. Do and more.